Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lift it up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Gospel record of Luke. The Gospel record of Luke in chapter number 11. The Gospel record of Luke chapter number 11. Now as we're going through the Gospel record of Luke and seeing the life of ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ as portrayed through the Gospel record of Luke, we understand that Jesus is constantly working with people to encourage them to come and follow him. The discipleship is a very big common theme. And yet when he deals with people, we understand that not everyone makes a decision to follow after Christ. And in the gospel record of Luke chapter 10, Jesus was working quite a bit specifically with his disciples. In the gospel record of Luke chapter number 11, he is now starting to work with the masses once again. And if you remember last time that Jesus Christ had just finishing uh, casting out a devil and some of the people wanted to see a sign. They wanted to see wonders. They uh, were tempted him. Please let us see a sign. Whereas others were concentrating on the, the uh, miracle that Jesus did of casting out uh, a devil. And the Pharisees began to justify themselves and try to criticize Jesus and say that he had, uh, excuse me, that he had cast it out with the power of Satan. Well, Jesus took some time and last time to go ahead and yell at the Pharisees and just give a very hard specific message on their disbelief and how they had uh, not believed in Christ. And because they had no desire to follow after him, they had to explain him away. They had to excuse him away. Now Jesus Christ is going to go Go back to the crowd who specifically said, we want to see a sign. We want him to see do wonders. We want him to entertain us. And he's going to answer that crowd in this passage here in the gospel record of Luke chapter 11. The gospel record of Luke in chapter number 11. And notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 29. The gospel record of Luke chapter 11 and verse 29, the Bible says this. And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign and there shall be no sign be given it, but the sign of Jonas the prophet. For as Jonas was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it for they repented at the preaching of Jonas and behold a greater than Jonas is here. No man when he hath lighted a candle put it in a secret place neither under a bushel but on a candlestick that they come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when the eye is single, thy whole body is full of light. But 
when thy eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkened. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. And if you're not having to mark things in your Bible, would you mark a very powerful statement that the Lord Jesus Christ uttered? It says, this is an evil generation. This is an evil generation. And if you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you and we hear and see this powerful message, that we could see exactly what you're teaching and that we can apply it and understand that you have given us the answers already, that you've given us all the proof that we need already, and that it is evil of us to be seeking something other than what you have already given. Help us, Lord, to be able to tie things to your word, tie it to the book, and we love you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, many people, because they listen to the false preachers who make their way to television, who smile a whole lot and have more teeth than the rest of us, and they say soft words and they tell people that, you know, Jesus is love and they don't put it in context, that most people have never heard a powerful message from the Lord Jesus Christ. But from the Lord Jesus Christ's own words, he says to a crowd of people, notice with me in verse number 29, and when the people were gathered thick together. There's a whole crowd of people, and they're not just a little bit. They are thick together. They are elbow to elbow, standing room only. And you would expect that when you have a big crowd like this, that you're going to say soft words. You're going to say lovely words. You're going to give them encouraging words. But you know what Jesus Christ did? He said to them, point blank, that ye are, this is an evil generation. Now, that goes in the face of the radio preacher and the TV preacher. But this is Bible preaching. This is an evil generation. And he explains why. Notice again why he explains it. <clears throat> in verse number 29, And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. Why? They seek a sign. Now this follows up in verse number 16. And others tempting him sought of him a sign from heaven. Now as everyone's together they want to see Jesus perform another miracle. Now what more miracles do you need? Jesus Christ has already been born with a star. He's already fulfilled prophecy. He's already made the lame walk again. He's fed the 5,000. He's already seen many miracles already done. What more would you want to see in order to believe him? What more does he have to do for you to finally trust him? <clears throat> Think about that. There are so many people that will say, listen, I'll trust Jesus if he does this. What more does he have to do? Why can't you just simply trust him just because of whom he is? Why does he have to prove himself to you over and over and over? This is exactly why Jesus said, this is an evil generation. Why can't you just trust him? What more does Jesus have to do? 
And with this, Jesus answers the question, what do they already have? What do they have already for them that should be enough for them to trust the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, what do they need? All the answers they need is found in the book. Found in the Bible. That's all they need is the Bible. Notice if you don't mind, as Jesus goes back and shows them a Bible lesson. He doesn't perform another miracle at their calling. He says you already have it in the Bible. You don't need another sign from heaven. You just need to go back to the Bible. You don't need some encouragement, signs of the times. You don't need a new Facebook status that says that the end is near and this is why. You need to go back to the Bible. Go back to the Bible. And the problem is, is that people won't trust the Bible. And if they will not trust the Bible, how in the world are they going to trust the Lord Jesus Christ? If you don't mind, let's see these signs that Jesus Christ has already provided to all of us, even to this crowd here, that he called, this is an evil generation. The first thing that we do is see the sign of Jonah. See the sign of Jonah. Notice with me in verse 29. And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign and there shall be no sign given it, but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the son of man be to this generation. Now think about this. Scholars will debate this uh, passage here. But you understand for a Bible believing, this is an easy passage. Notice, hold your finger here and turn with me to Matthew 15. And let the Bible interpret itself. Matthew 16, rather. Matthew 16. As the Pharisees walk up to Jesus and they ask him, Can you show us a sign from heaven? Jesus Christ is going to give them the same sign in a... Matthew 16 and verse number 4. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. Good. That was not exactly the passage I was looking forward to, but he goes on and talks about a different passage, which I don't have memorized, forgive me. But he talks about that just like Jonas was three days in in the, uh, the belly of the well, so is Jesus Christ going to be dead for three days and he's going to come back. That was the sign. They're all going to know that Jesus Christ, what bigger sign than you need than the resurrection of the Lord, Jesus Christ. But as we go back to Matthew 11, notice as he goes on, as for as Jonas was assigned to the Ninevites, think about this. Jonah was someone who displeased the Lord. That Jonah looked at Nineveh and said, these are God's enemies. They're going to do something horrible to my people. So God says that he wants me to go preach a message to them. Forget that. I'm going on vacation. And I'm leaving. And so he leaves. <clears throat> and God was so displeased with him that he caused the sailors to throw Jonah overboard. And he was swallowed into a whale. Now, no matter what Disney may tell you, being swallowed by a whale is not a pleasant experience. Because let me tell you what's inside of a well stomach. Stomach acids. For three days, he had stomach acids eating away, bleaching his skin, putting pits in his skin. 
there was an obvious transformation by Jonah. And so when the whale spit Jonah up upon the coast and he made his way back to Nineveh where he was supposed to, he was someone who was physically damaged. And it was a message to all of those people, this is what happens when someone disobeys God. That God is a God of judgment. And that was a message. You see, it wasn't just Jonah's message. It was the physical sign upon him. God is a God of judgment. Let me tell you, if you're looking for a sign, you need to be careful that you don't get it. Because God is a God of judgment. He had this acid stains burned upon Jonah. God will judge sinners. God will judge sinners. And the good news is, is because Jonah was walking around, we could see that God will pardon sinners as well. What more of a sign than you need? And by the way, what did Jesus do? He took him back to the book. You don't need a sign and a wonder. You need to go back to the Bible. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You don't need Jesus to do a miracle. You don't need stars in the sky. You don't need God to do something supernatural. You need to believe in the book. And go to the book. And this will give you the faith you need. What more do you need? Just read the book. What Jesus did is he pointed him to the book. These crowds that said we need more miracles. We need more proof. We need more evidence. Jesus said go to the book. Go to the book. Go to the book. That's not all. There's another sign. The sign of the queen of the south. The sign of the queen of the south. Notice with me verse 31. The queen of the south was rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. Why? For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, the greater than Solomon is here. Now notice this. It says that the queen of Sheba, the queen of the south, which is the queen of Sheba, shall rise up in judgment. That means the queen of Sheba is going to actually judge this evil generation. This evil generation that wants a sign. And here, here's the queen of Sheba to, again, to the Jewish people, this is a big deal. She's from Africa. She's not a Jewish person. And she's going to judge them. Why? Because she went to Solomon herself and heard the word of Solomon and said the half has never been told. And she was convinced just by listening to Solomon's word. That's all it took. And she believed it all just by listening to Solomon. And Jesus said, you have a book. If you could just take me at his word, that's all that was needed. One day, the queen of Sheba is going to say, this is an evil generation. All I had to do was hear Solomon's word. That was enough. And yet, you have someone greater than Solomon here. You have Jesus Christ, and you've heard his word, and that's not enough. Again, she pointed him to the word. The word of God was enough. That's all that should have been needed. That's all the sign that people need is to go to the book. Go to the book. Go to the book. Notice with me, if you don't mind, we see the sign of Nineveh. We start off with the sign of Jonah. The sign of the queen of Sheba. This queen of the south. Then we have the sign of Nineveh. Notice with me, verse 32. The men of Nineveh 
shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Now again, this is a big deal. Bible class, remember what nation destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel in 722 BC? The Assyrians. And these who are the ancient enemies of the Israelite people. These ancient enemies are going to stand up and condemn this evil generation. Imagine that. The enemies of God are going to be able to condemn the people of God. Because they wouldn't believe God's word. Think about this. When Jonah went to the people of Nineveh. Notice 32 again. And the people of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment in this generation. And shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, greater than Jonas is here. Think about this. That when Jonah went to the Assyrians, the Assyrians did not have a Bible. The Bible was only for the Hebrew people. The Assyrians didn't have a Bible. They couldn't look up God's promises for themselves. All they had was a word of a preacher. That in 40 days, God is going to destroy this city. That's it. Jonah preached that message, took off out of town, and put his calendar on and was waiting for 40 days. That was all the message they got. 40 days, God's going to destroy this place. And that small message was enough to make the whole city of Nineveh repent. And we've done calculations when we've done Jonah. But a half a million people lived in that city at the time. In fact, they didn't have enough Bible to know exactly what to do. So they made sure they was right was possible. That every person, man and woman, got in sackcloth and ashes. Sackcloth is a very itchy type of um, clothing. That it just bothers you. And you put it on. And it reminds you that... Sin is awful to God. It just, oh, it's nasty next to him. And those people, remember, they didn't have a Bible. They wanted to get so thoroughly right that not only did they get in sackcloth and ashes, but they put their animals in sackcloth and ashes. Now, I'd like to see the people who had to put on sackcloth upon a cow or bull or a horse and see how that went. But you understand, they obeyed with the small message they had and try to get as thoroughly right with God as they possibly could. With just a small message that in 40 days, God is going to destroy Nineveh. And here these people have had Jesus Christ preaching to them. They've had a Bible and to them it's not enough. We want a sign. We want a wonder. We want a miracle. We want to entertain. We want Jesus to prove them. And Jesus once again took them to the Bible. That's all you need is the Bible. That Jonah preached a small message and that was enough. What will it take for you to finally believe in God? What will it for you to finally believe his trust and and his promises? What will it finally be for you to finally obey his word? What will it take? Jesus took them to the Bible. Took them to the book. That's all you need is the book. That's the book. It shows you everything. Shows you everything. Jesus directed him to the book. He started by the sign of Jonah. He started 
continued with the sign of the Queen of the South, the sign of Nineveh. And then he brings them to the sign of the light, the sign of the light. These people were looking for signs. Well, he was taken rid of the Bible and said, that's all you need. This is all the signs and wonders you need. Can you trust the book? Can you trust God's word? Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 33. <clears throat> no man, when he hath lighted a candle, put it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. Now, remember in those days they don't have electricity. And so because they didn't have matches and they didn't have... Um, lighters and they didn't have things, they would often just leave the candle on and are just lit and keep it burning. And so when they would come home at night after sundown, they didn't have to fumble for a light switch. They didn't have to fumble for a lighter. They didn't have to try to light it in darkness. They would just already have it lit. And the purpose was is that when you would have it, you want to be able to see. And so if you have a candle and you know that you're going to get in after dark, you don't want to have the candle somewhere under a bushel, like a big basket and kind of hide it. That doesn't do you any good. You don't want to put it under the bed. You can't see anything. You want to put somewhere where, on a table, on a candlestick, where it would light up everything when you walked in. That was the whole purpose of it, was to have the light. Notice, if you don't mind, verse 34. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, carries the idea of single-minded, uh, not double-minded. You're focusing on the one thing. What should you be focusing on? God, through his word. The light of the body is the eye, and therefore thine eye is single. The whole body is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Now notice that word evil. And notice what Jesus had said about the generation in verse 29. This is an evil generation. Why was this generation evil? Because they would not trust God's word. They wanted to see another sign. They wanted Jesus to prove them. And what more do you have to prove? And so if you can just look at Jesus and believe him and trust his word, then you're going to have a lot of light. But when you're like, I don't want to read the Bible I don't want to obey the Bible. I don't want to even pay attention to it. I want Jesus to do something else to prove himself. Then the Bible says that you're evil. And that you're full of darkness. Think about that. This is why it's so important to be in your Bible every day. Because this is the encouragement we get. This is the hope we get. This is the light we get. But when we get to the place where God has to prove himself... Oh, we need another sign. We need another miracle. We need God to prove himself. Why? He's already proven himself over and over and he's given us his book. And this is a living book. Verse 35. Take heed or pay attention, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. How do you get that light? Through the word of God. Obeying it. Reading it. Spending time with it. Letting it light your way. Remember, this whole year, we put an emphasis on the Word of God. And it says in Psalm 119, excuse me, verse 105, that thy word is a lamp to my feet 
and a light to my path. How do we get the light? By obeying the word of God. Not just reading it, but obeying the word of God. You know, there are a lot of Christians who are just so dark. I mean, praise the Lord that they're saved, but they're darkened in their understanding. They're darkened in their discernment. They're darkened in their idea of what they should do. They're darkened with the idea of what should be expected in church. They're darkened with the idea of what church should be like. Because they don't have light. Because they won't trust the simple promises that God's given to us. And they're darkened. And God says, be careful. Take heed. Make sure you're not in darkness. Go to the book. Verse number 36. Uh, if thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give the light. Jesus directed him to the book. Do you know there is something to it when someone is being obedient to the Bible and God has given them light? The Bible speaks about this in the book of Acts, that they had taken note that they had been with Jesus. Why? There was something about them. There was something to them. There was some substance there. And they knew it didn't come from them. They had taken note that they had been with Jesus. Why? Through the book. Through the book. That as we spend time with him and our faith grows, not because we're seeing a new miracle, not because you keep challenging God and put out a fleece and say, all right, God, if this, you want me to go to church tomorrow, I'm asking that you put dew around this fleece, but not around. People do stupid things like that all the time. You don't need to see a sign and wonder. Just obey the book. God has given us so much already. We have more than enough to obey. We don't need more. God has given us the book. And yet, people want signs. They want wonders. They want entertainment. They want everything but to go to the book. And Jesus' response to that crowd, this is an evil generation. And one day, we're going to have people that can give testimony against that crowd us crowd, if that's need be. People who responded to God with just a small message. People who responded to God just because they heard the word. People who responded to God just because they saw the book and read what it said in the book. And they didn't need much. And yet we have the entire revelation of God in our hands. And if we won't obey this, then Jesus has a very specific message. This is an evil generation. Because we're either trusting in God or we're not. And if you're going to trust in God, it means trusting in his book. That's the simple message. Now, to that crowd, they weren't happy to hear it. But by the way, he's not done yet. We'll hear more about it on Sunday night. As he just starts saying, woe unto the Pharisees. The word woe, by the way, means cursed. And Jesus starts cursing these people. And maybe my voice will be back then because that is not a soft message. It's not a lighthearted message. And it's not a message that you'll hear from an average church on a Sunday morning. But when Jesus had a big crowd here, it was not a soft message. It was, you're wrong, you're evil, Go to the book. 
Go to the book. Go to the book. You know, we make things complicated. God makes things simple. And so let me ask you, have you been going to the book? Have you been reading it for yourself? Have you been obeying it yourself? When you listen to messages here, are you taking them and applying them? If we don't, then Jesus has a very simple message for us. This is an evil generation because we just won't trust him. We don't need signs and wonders. We don't need miracles. We don't need entertainment. We don't need Jesus to prove us. He's already proven himself and given us the book. Will you obey the book? Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.